The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, the terror herself, Tammy, the underdog, Underwood. Let's get right into the fifth and final call that we got from Keith Jesperson, a.k.a. the the Happy Face Killer, on Christmas Eve. All right, and welcome back, Keith. Well, all right, here I am again. Ta-da! <laughs> so she, has, she has more questions. She does. She's she working her way woman, back to the microphone right now. Yeah, she she had to go use the bathroom real fast. You were using the bathroom. Pull your pants up. Did you wipe? Shut up, Scott. I'm asking for a friend. You, you know wash what? your hands. Wash your hands, she Jesus. Wash your hands. No, I just did. I'm gonna go rub them on Scott's face. No, I had Ew. to put my clothes in the dryer. You're so and gross. Wash your hands. No, my whole thing is I don't like paying to do my laundry at my apartment, so I bring it over to Scott's house on Saturday and do it. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. I mean, I use my own detergent so other, and stuff. What so other I, questions did you have without those uh, jumping all over the place? No, um, let's see here. So, okay. Okay, did you ever, because, I mean, you were a big guy. I mean, I'm. we're not going to pull it. You were a big guy. And did you? Well, did anybody try to recruit you for like football or anything like that too? Because you were on the wrestling oh, team. Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't that fun? Football. <laughs> I hate the game. Dude, Scott does too. I yeah, love football. I can't stand it. Okay, so so in, so in high school, uh-huh. uh huh. The big guys always got to get you know you got to be on the team. You got to be on this football team and all this. Purposely in high school, I didn't really understand the game. Okay. I really didn't. I, I was looking at it going, what the hell's the purpose of this game? I know you got to get down to the other end and come back, but what's with all the players, right? Right. What's your job to do? What's your job to do? And so forth. So we had a, a coach there named Coach Dort. He was a real nut job. You know, he was so caught up in his, his, his idea of what football is, and he wanted to live through the players, what he didn't do when he was in high school. Right, right. You know? So he he recruited me in my uh, sophomore year to play football, and so I joined, and I went out there, and I did the scrimmages and so forth, and I remember doing leg lifts, and he'd come over with the medicine ball and, and throw it on my gut while I was doing the leg lift. Okay. Which caused me to have a hernia, by the way. Oh, my gosh. It didn't go over well. And so once I got cured on that, and then, of course, uh, he started pushing, and, and there's a special team he had. Where there, we're, our special teams back then was to seek out and destroy. It wasn't about playing the game. It was about uh, seeking out and destroying the other team. Okay. Uh, you line up, all, you, line up uh, you draw a penalty, you clip the guy going by, let's say, you spear him into the ground. You do anything and everything to get the guy off the field so you can win the game. Oh yeah, that was his. That was his way of playing football back in the seventies. So chop blocking and all that, then, right? Oh yeah, we're going to clip. We're going to do everything yeah. we can to uh, to uh, win the game. And of course, I was on this special team. Why? Because I was just big guy. Right. right. So I'm on the defensive tackle side, and I'm supposed to go after the guy with the ball, but also take out whoever I can on the field to get to the ball. Exactly. 
So my very last play, and this is how this is my really my very last play of the game I ever played on football was I purposely lined offside, so okay. I draw a penalty. And the moment I they snap the ball, I reach up and I grab the guy by the face mask and I drag his butt down to the <laughs> ground. I go by, go back behind and then clip the guy behind him, knock him on the ground, and the guy with the ball, I grab him, pick him up, put my helmet into his chest, and spear him into the ground. Whoa! I got all these penalties on me. I got ejected from the game for unsportsmanlike conduct, but we won that game. Wow. Dude, I would have liked to have seen that. I love football. I love the sport of football. So to see something like that, I've been like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but but yeah. anyway, so at, the, so at the end of the, I didn't like it. I didn't like right. the idea of what, of what I was expected of me. And okay. uh, I quit. I said, I'm not going to play this game anymore. I don't want to play this. It's not fun for me. Right. Because the coach had that attitude, we win at all costs, as opposed to, like, teaching the fundamentals, right? Is that... It was supposed to be fun for me. Right. This is what I thought the whole thing was for. You're supposed to go out and have fun. Now, I have played, after after high school, I played flag football at the, at, the, at the junior college. Right. Which was okay. I didn't mind that because that's flag football. We knew what the purpose was to grab the flag. Right. It wasn't about killing anybody at the other end, right? Exactly. So, but when I was in high school, I was, I was, I quit. And, of course, I still hung around with my friends who were still players. I remember I was in the court ra- courtyard there. We had all these nice plants and stuff like that, places to sit. I remember Doris walked by one day, and he says, Hello, man. And then he looked over, Oh, hi, Keith. Like that. Disrespect me right there. Oh, wow. I, well, I followed him. I followed him into the uh, the room, into the hallway, mm-hmm. and the building to the east of me. And I said, hey. And he turned around and I punched him in the nose. Oh, wow. And I dropped him on the ground. He was laying on the ground. He's looking up. He started to sit up and I punched him again. Wow. I said, you ever disrespect me like that, I'll put you down for good. That's what I told him. Wow. And, of course, I thought for sure I was going to make a trip to the principal's office. Right. right. I'll I'll say one thing good for him. He never said another word to me or anybody else what happened. Wow. Wow. Lesson at that. And anytime I ever saw him again, he'd say hi, man, to the guys and keep on walking. Okay. Now, later, when the, the football team was missed out on the playoffs, this same man walked up to the side of the building and beat his head against the pavement, or the, the, the bricks against the building with blood was dripping out of his forehead because he lost the game. Now that's some. And the following year, the following year, he wasn't asked to come back. Wow. Yeah. So this was my experience with football with him, and yeah. you can't take it for everybody. But I didn't like it, and I figured if this is the way it is, I'm not going to be part of it. Right. And that's exactly why I don't like football. I'm telling you because I've I've seen so many people that are football fans that get so into the game. Like if their team loses, it's like the end of the freaking <laughs> world. And not it's me. Like, it's, it's the end of the game, end of the world. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. me. And it's like, dude, it's just so, a freaking game. These people are getting played to literally play a game, and it just destroys yeah. your life. Yeah, maybe you need a different hobby. <laughs> maybe. So when I graduated high school, I was six foot three. 
Right. I was six foot three and weighed 230 pounds when I graduated high school. At my 10-year high school reunion, I'm six foot six and I weigh 205 pounds. Okay, so so I gained reunion. three inches out of high school and I lost weight. And you said you weighed 205 at 10. I was like 205 or 200. Okay, but that was because I was into I was into boxing and that. Right. And I, I was got in shape and running. Now my my kids always you know, had always heard from my father that that I was slow that I was never you know, I was never yeah. get around very fast or stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that was because my dad always put me in the behind of everybody else because if I didn't, I'd walk away from everyone. Oh. And then I would run away from them. Now they'll you'll hear them and say, "Well, I was always riding my bicycle somewhere to work. I was always either running to work." I mean. They couldn't understand why my father would say I was always the slow guy behind. Oh, here comes Keith. He's always the last one. And that was because I was always put in last because if I didn't, I'd walk away from everyone. I just had I had a longer stride. And, right. And, it, and I'd look behind me and go like, where's everybody at? <laughs> I have that problem to the Well, and Scott and I both, we like sprint everywhere we go <laughs> we do a fast speed walk and it's like people will be like we'll walk next to a son and then someone's like can you guys slow down it's yeah, like dude yeah. why every damn time you go grocery shopping he's Keep like up. panting to wake well, up and he's taller than me. me i had my i had my brother bruce he always talked about how quick he was i said why don't we go uh jumping rocks right and on, on the river go jump boulders and he followed me for until he got wet <laughs> you know yeah, because I'd jump from one bowl to the other, and all of a sudden I hear a big splash behind me. I was like, "Well, apparently he didn't like that game." <laughs> right now, are you yeah. significantly taller than your brothers as well, or are you guys oh, all yeah. around the my, same my height? My brother Bruce was my brother Bruce was like six one, six two. Brad was about six one, something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I was the tallest of the bunch. Okay. Yeah, and my dad was a runt. He was like five ten. Maybe See, yeah. <laughs> That's what my son calls me. I hate. I hate that. No, because my son is what six foot seven, Scott. Six eight. He's like he's a he's a freaking fifteen foot tall Asian. <laughs> like, and he thankfully he's really well, kind of docile. But he scares the shit out of me. Jefferson's side. Yeah. My grandfather was six foot two. He was the smallest of six children. Wow. He had he had sisters that were six foot six. See, so, and I mean, because. The Dane, the people from Denmark are kind of like, I mean, because people from Amsterdam, the Dutch, are known to be the tallest nationality. And my my bloodline has a lot of Dutch in it. And ev- all the men on the pursuing side of the family are all over six foot tall, except for one uncle. And he's 5'11". But my brother's dad, my brother's half Korean. My brother's dad is 5'2". My brother's like 6'1", 6'2". So, yeah, well, they're, they're, they're tall in every species of human. Right. But these are like yeah, sub-teenage mutant ninja the gene pool doesn't. You know, the gene pool isn't, isn't, isn't always correct. Well, and that's true. But, I mean, people ask me, because I remember when we went back to Iowa, because I'm from the Midwest originally, unfortunately. I'm from the state that where idiots are out walking around. Um <laughs> But um, we went back to Iowa for a family get-together when my grandmother died. And literally all of my cousins said, what do you feed him? Because he was, he was big. He's a big kid. It's like, I don't know where he's getting this from. <laughs> you know? Well, so. you know, when I was growing up on Lickman Road during Chilliwack, all my neighbors were tall. 
Okay. My 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 best my best friend Reg Rowley, he's he's as tall as I am now. I mean, he's, oh, okay. he's, he's just just how he is. So you weren't. Yeah, we always thought it was the water. <laughs> was, yeah. So it's not it's like you towered over. Was. It's not like you towered over everybody like they make it seem. You know, like you were just this big giant of a man, and you know. No, I'll tell you what scares you know, me about your family. I, I came to when, when I when we moved down in 1967. Uh huh. And I went to I went to elementary school. I was in sixth grade, and and the one little girl there named uh, Sandra Smith came up and she called me Tiny. And I could never get away from that name, Tiny. It just stuck. Okay. So Sheila Washington knows me as Tiny. Not, okay. not Baby Huey, not no, those other Igor or stuff like that, Lurge. Okay. My nickname in the town is Tiny. Everyone, Every store I walked into, hi, Tiny, how you doing? Okay. So I could never get away from that. So, it is, But after a while, you just kind of like, oh, well, no big deal. Yeah. But her, yeah. her her family's so damn tall. Like seriously, man. Like I, I'm a huge Godzilla fan, and I, I know that you know Godzilla was tearing apart Tokyo one time, and her family decided to go to J- uh, Japan, and Godzilla saw saw them one time and said, "Nope, I'm out. They're bigger. I'm out. I'm gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gone." Playing this game. Yeah, I was gonna say, nope. He is Godzilla he's so play. mean because I'm fi- I'm only five foot eight. You are not five foot eight. I am only five foot eight. No, I think you're taller than me. No, because I wear I wear ten. these shoes that have a higher heel. When I'm on my bare feet, I'm about your a little shorter. I thought than you me. had human feet. I hate you. That Shut explains up. a lot. That's why I call you a Sasquatch. You I got bare you. feet. I hate you. <laughs> but no, I mean, but no, my family is pretty tall. You know, we have a lot of tall people in my family, but. Um, no, we were just, because I was just like wondering, because it's like a lot of the things we've read and we've heard is you've always towered over everybody in your family, and it was odd that you were so tall. So it doesn't sound like it's odd. It's just I, like. I, this, this is, they're making more out of it than what it is. Right. Right. I mean, this is, my sister Sharon is 5'10". Oh, okay. My sister Jill is damn near six feet tall, and she weighs probably 500 pounds. No, I shouldn't say that. Probably weighs about three hundred. Maybe she's lost weight. I don't know. I haven't seen her in twenty-seven years. Right. But you know, my you know, they're, they're all. You know, I think the, the, the shortest one of the bunch is my sister Sharon. Okay. She's five ten. Okay. So okay. I know so- my. I, I know when I used to go out there to uh, the one time there, my sister Jill was out riding her horse, and the horse rolled on her out in the field, and I had to go out and pick her up. I went out with a wheelbarrow because I couldn't pick her up because <laughs> she's way too much. Yeah, seriously. No, no. She had that's... broken her. She said rolled, rolled hole over and broke her toes. Wow. But I went out there and I, I tried to pick her up. I couldn't pick her up because she weighed so much. Calling Dad for the damn, uh, for the forklift. <laughs> for, the no, for the backhoe. For the backhoe, yeah. I went, <laughs> went back, got the wheelbarrow, and I said, get in the damn thing. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Roll your but big ass in here. I can't carry I you, lady. I felt sorry for the horse. You know, I said, oh. <laughs> how the horse could even carry her. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You and know that's a sister. <laughs> my coffee was just coming to my lips when you said that you damn near killed me with coffee. <laughs> no, damn it, Keith. I was almost your ninth victim. <laughs> Yeah, he almost choked on his coffee. Oh, tenth! (laughs) Whoa! There's there's always been this idea that there's way more than eight. Well, you know, oh yeah, eight enough. We'll see. Enough. I was going to say because there is a show called Eight Is Enough. That that's right. That's right. I loved that show back when I was a kid. But there's this theory out there, 
and that you are actually responsible for an unsolved murder in Florida, which... An unsolved murder? Yeah, that hasn't been solved yet, but they, the person suspects that you were responsible for it. Well, I've heard a lot of stories, but... Okay. Um, I have a murder in Florida that is... Uh, they know that I am the one that murdered the person. Oh, okay. But they don't have an idea. They do not have the identity of that person. Oh. Does that make up the eight, or is that like seriously a ninth? That that's like my number six. Oh. My sixth victim is over in Florida, and they oh, okay. they closed the case. The case has been closed since 1996 because I have too much time as it is. Right. And they've talked to me about this over the years. They keep bringing it up again and again, and even right now they're running DNA on her skeletized remains and hoping that Ancestry.com will be the solution. Okay, so they found her remains and everything. They just don't know her identity is what you're saying. Well, that's the one there. No, it doesn't mean there's an, another one. Right. That they would... You know, I, I get this all the time where they claim that uh, I was responsible. I had one where they... I told you where they, they, they came in and talked to me. So what do you think you did this 1964 murder down in Jackson County? Oregon. I looked right at him. I go, like, you suggesting when I was nine years old, I drove from Chilliwack, B.C. down there with my dad's truck. See, damn Canadians. Made it back before they realized the pickup was missing. Yeah, they drive the, the truck. You people? See, Scott, they drive at nine. They come across the borders. They kill people that they drive their so nine-year-old is, ass back. They don't, Canadians. They, they don't follow. They, they do not dig up information to find out how old I am. Right. They don't know where, you know, they, they don't dig up the information of where I was. Right. They come, up with a, they come up with an idea, well, we think you did this. Right. And then I get this from time to time. They show up and they want their, my DNA so they can eliminate me from the case. <laughs> I say, I have no problem. Go ahead, take my DNA. Yeah. They, one of the last ones was a, a case out of Illinois. They came over and they said, we think he, you're involved in this murder happened in Illinois. The body was found in Missouri. And I was like... What year? And he said, he told me 92, and I was like, I wasn't there. We all can you be so sure? So when I drove truck in 92, I was on the West Coast only. I wasn't on the, I wasn't over in Illinois at all. Wow. I, I, I wasn't there, so they, will you take your DNA? Sure, go ahead. Go ahead, take my swab. Go ahead, do it. I don't care. Done. Wow. It just eliminates, eliminates, well, I'm just being eliminated from their, their right. pool. Right. That's all it is. So... So I do have a quick question, though, because it says that, I, I mean, I read somewhere that when you first got arrested, you said that you were, you personally said you were responsible for the death of a hundred and some odd people. And then after that, you... Well, I did, yeah. Did yeah, you? I actually story. like this story. Keith and I talked about this. This is a great story. Okay. So, <laughs> in, in 1996... I got to prison. Everybody thought that I should have got other people out of prison be other than the two people I got out of prison. Right. And then he also thought, well, maybe if I killed other people, then I could have got other people out of prison. I'm like, back, you know, we're constantly getting people coming at me from all different angles. Are you sure you didn't do this one? You didn't do that one. Did you do this one. Did you do that one. So I had, uh, I wrote a letter to uh, the jailhouse, Ken Monsabrot, who was in Monroe, Washington at the time. I said, and I listed 22 possibles out of, including the eight that I had actually done. 
I just wanted to stir up a hornet's nest just because I got tired of it coming from all different angles. Anyway, so one of the persons, one of the cases in the 22, <laughs> one of the persons was a Nevada case. So I had a guy named Detective Mike Coles of Elko, Nevada, contact me. He wanted to come and see me and talk about a murder that happened in Elko, Nevada. And I said, well, I'm not going to talk to you unless I was given amnesty on the on the prosecution. So he he claimed that he could give me amnesty, which is a bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He claimed he was going to give me amnesty and, and send me on my way, kind of like that. I could talk to him about all this stuff, and he was never going to prosecute, blah, blah, blah. So he flies up here in his private plane with his pilot. And he gets in, and I'm taken out of here, and I'm taken to the state police office in Salem, and I'm chained to the floor. This guy walks in, and he says, I have to be perfectly honest with you, Mr. Jesperson. I said, he says, I, I was halfway here in my plane, and I realized I left those amnesty papers back on my desk. But the deal is still the same, man. It's still the same. You know, we, you can still talk to me, and you're not getting a prosecutor. And I said to him, I said, I think I left my brain back in my house. I don't know. Maybe I should go back and get it. <laughs> anyway, he says, well, how many people did you really kill? And I said to myself, wow, I killed 166 in 13 years, seven in Nevada. You and told I went him on that? And told him about, uh, yeah, I did. And okay. I told him about four unsolved murders. I, since I drove in Nevada, I know a lot of parking spots and different things. And I just made up stories as I went along. At the very end, he says, well, when, before he's leaves, he says, well, if I if I give you a polygraph, will you take it? Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I said, well, if, you, if I show you a video where the bodies were, can you pinpoint where you put them? Yeah, no problem. So he takes off. Now, when he gets, I get back to, to the prison here, and I write a nice letter to him. I says, I have no problem, you know, with the you know, videotape or with the polygraph, just as soon as I see those amnesty papers, Right. Right. And, of course, I never hear another word from him. Why? Because it's all bullshit. All right. And I said, you know, and, and the, the, the theory behind this is 1 plus 6 plus 6 equals 13. Right. Right? I killed 166 in 13 years, which is a bad number. Seven in Nevada, which is a good number. And his eyes got bigger sauces. Now, when I got back to, to prison here, that story kind of started moving around a lot. Now, the detective in Nevada, he's, he pushed that story around a lot as well. So that story pushed here and pushed there and pushed here and pushed there. And pretty soon, everybody's thinking I've killed everybody in the fucking world, right? Right. And all because I said this. Now, when Dayline NBC got a hold of me and they did a show called True Lies that aired on January of 1998, we had discussed this 166 in 13 years, and blah, blah, blah. And they said, and they knew that I didn't do that. Right. It was all a lie. I, I confessed to them, it's a lie. It's, I made it all up, all this kind of shit. But they don't care. Right. They want to push the story as well. Right. So that's what they did. Now, I, I, I told them I didn't kill anybody. They said, we know you killed this, and we know you did that. So, well, then why are you asking me questions then? Right. Yeah, because... You know, I mean, this is... This is a, the scenario was that they were trying to pin me down on more than eight right. so they could clear the books. They wanted to clear the books. But yeah. when I gave them a number, I gave them a number that far exceeded what they wanted to hear. Then they then they started doing a lot of backtracking. So now a lot of them are saying I killed 80 and I killed 70 and 
and back and forth. You'll hear all the different stories. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, because yeah. I'll tell you right now, this is what it says. On Wikipedia alone, I just pulled up your Wikipedia page, says eight confirmed victims confessed to as met, may have as many as 185. <laughs> well, man, the climb is, I, I'm gaining interest. You are, you know, over the years. Yeah, it's a percentage. I gain interest every year. I mean, it's a percentage count clause that goes in. Right. I've heard it's 400. You're... I had a guy claim I did killed, I killed 400. Wow, that would make you worse than... Almost as Her- bad as Henry Lee Lucas. Right, exactly. Or Harold Shipman. I wish my stocks and bonds perform like people. he does. <laughs> No, I, I, didn't, mean, I didn't have a nicotine habit, so I don't need the cigarettes, so I'm not going to claim it. You know what? You could have got the strawberry milkshakes, though. Well, the curly fries. I could have got the curly fries to go There's that, too. Because <laughs> no, Scott and I, was la- when we did the Henry Lee Lucas episode, we laughed so hard because, you know, he would confess to five murders in a day, and the next day he'd get five milkshakes. It's like, are you serious right now? No wonder he's confessing that's, to all this that's, crap. That's what, it, that's what it is. I mean... Mm-hmm. He was wanting cigarettes. He got them. Yep. He was convicted of murders that he could not have been committed, should have been convicted of. Exactly. He was incarcerated at the time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we were laughing so hard. And then the fact that he actually claimed he was responsible for Jimmy Hoffa's dif- disappearance. Scott and I, to this day, laugh about that. Well, I tell you, anytime I'm depressed, it, it, I, I go back and listen to Jimmy that. Jimmy Hoffa's sidekick. Huh? I thought he was Jimmy Hoffa's sidekick. Well, you know, he says... Wasn't he a lumper? <laughs> Dude, truck? I don't know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he also said he that was he... was his lumper. He I also said that he gave Jim Jones the poison to kill his group. So whatever. <laughs> well, he, he sent him the uh, packets of Kool-Aid. Yes, exactly. He said he was responsible yeah. for that, too. It's like, you know what? Well, the whole thing, the whole thing for 166 and 13 years came from Elko, Nevada. Detective Mike Kolsch. Okay. K-O-L-C-H. S C H, and uh, yeah, he was. Uh, it's a, he was. He came in, and his eyes got as big as saucers. And when he laughed, he, he his eyes were still as big as saucers. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it's all a- about. It was all about talking to a guy in prison. It's all. That's all it was about. Yeah, he had no intention of solving a case. He just wanted to talk to a guy that was convicted of multiple murders. That's what he wanted to do, and that's why he showed up. Wow. That was the basis for the whole visit, was to come and talk to me. Well, he, he, he picked the least likely person to be violent while on a visit. Like, seriously, because you're you're pretty chill, man, I gotta tell you. Yeah. I mean, when, when you think serial killer, you you get an image in your head, but that image is not you. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he wouldn't have saw it coming. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, no, he would not have saw it coming. He didn't. He didn't realize. You know, I mean, the moment he showed up, he was on the losing end of the stick. <laughs> well, and it. I mean, it's you like know, the moment he li- see the thing is when he lied to me, straight up lied to me. Oh yeah, totally. And said he was the truth. I knew he was just full of shit. So it's bullshit. Well, and that's, and that's what most these detectives. Most these detectives are. They. They. It's okay for them to lie to us. Oh, totally. It's not okay for us to lie to them. Totally. But, and that's one of the things Scott and I were talking about one time is like, you know, people are like saying, well, he manipulated the authorities and all this other stuff. It's like, dude, really? They were trying to, you know, they were trying to get so you to confess to, to things. Me. Yeah. 
I just learned the system. What, what they're mad is that I learned the system. Right. And that's why you cannot have a convicted person on a jury. A See, convicted person on a jury knows the system, how it works. Right. And therefore, they can't have someone on the jury that can tell the other jurors how this really works. See, and I found that out because I got called up for jury duty in Washington County, and they wouldn't let me sit the criminal trial. But they tried to put me on the civil trial, whatever, and I just told them oh, yeah. lawsuits are frivolous. And but I even then, the civil trial. Yeah, and then... Um, you're still, you're, you're tainted goods as far as they're concerned. See, but as far as the federal juries go, I almost was sitting in on the Gypsy Joker trial. So... Oh. Yeah. So it was just because I was like, no, I'm a convicted felon. They won't let me sit in on a criminal trial in the county. She goes, we're different. She goes, we don't care. Well, I, I almost got rid of it. I had actually almost get somebody in in county that the gypsy jokers had got word to me that had I got rid of the guy, they would have put money on my books. They would have, huh? Yeah. Wow. There was an issue I had with a guy that was housed in my pod, and I threw him off the second landing onto the floor. Wow. Because he was being loud. <laughs> Here in Oregon? Or, I mean, in Clark no, County? No, that was in Washington. Oh, that's, that's, Clark that's Clark County. I know, I, Clark I, County. I know the pods there. <laughs> wow. I threw him off. I, I was up on the second landing, and I picked him up in the morning because he was so loud at night. He said, yeah, I wasn't going to do anything about it. I just picked him up and threw him off the landing. Wow, dude. So he came oh, back with a he came back with a neck brace on, and he said, my lawyer said to tell you. And I said, your lawyer will have to get a new client if I do this again. <laughs> wow. You know, and that was the end of that. So wow. We got one minute remaining, boys and girls. Yeah. All well, right. it's been nice talking to you. You guys have a Merry Christmas. You hey, you too, too bud. You, you too. too. Um, Tammy resubmitted her form, yeah. so we're, we're hoping to come out there and visit okay, you. Okay, hopefully that'll work. Soon. Yeah, I, I submitted it about a week here, ago. I'll, so. I'll let you know. Okay. Groovy. All right, take care, Keith. All right, talk to you next Saturday. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, boys and girls. Well, that was some dang good calls, man. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. This show is copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. And remember, if you're hearing any part of this on anybody else's podcast, they're lying, David bastards. And we will see you guys later. Bye-bye.